You're listening to the last session of the day with the Sight Guys. Welcome back, everyone, to the last session of the day with the Sight Guys. My name is Timothy Meyer, joined by Dr. Constantine Lukin. Sorry about butchering your name. <laughs> As always, um, today uh, we normally talk about about clinical issues and, and and therapy and mental health and that sort of thing, but. Um, Today, today we decided we were going to talk a little bit more personally and a, and a little bit more uh, kind of quote unquote real life stuff with everything going on with Russia and, and Ukraine. Um, and it, it, I especially want to pick your brain, Constantine, because I know that you're from the Ukraine. Um, and so you, you have to have probably a bajillion thoughts about all of this. And so I, I just want to hear from, from from your perspective what you're thinking about all this. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate um, I actually appreciate this this. Uh this venue that we have to talk some of this stuff out because as you can imagine, I do have a lot of kind of thoughts on this, both uh, personal, uh, clinical, and just just historic, just in general. So I, I'm, I'm going to maybe meander through my points. So hopefully you can kind of help me organize what, what I'm trying to say here. But on the basic level, of course, from a very personal level, I'm from the from the capital, uh, the city, uh, city of Kiev, uh, which is under attack, I think, as, as you and I are speaking right now. So, you know, seeing even the footage of the buildings that I personally remember, uh, maybe you went to a store there or went to that park, you know, now being either barricaded or destroyed or some variation thereof, you know, that that's sort of a, it's an unbelievable experience because on the one hand, seeing those pictures, on the other hand, still having some cousins and their kids who are part of the uh, defense forces, if you will, at this point in time, right? At, on the other hand, also being able to text with them and call them and do video calls, right? Like they're in the middle of a war and yet we're able to just like text back and forth. It, it's just surreal that, that, that you could do that. Like he could just like do a, a FaceTime and like literally like show me like what's going on around. It, it's pretty just a uh, it's mind blowing because in a way, like we're here, you and I are in Ridgewood, New Jersey, northern part of New Jersey. It's a beautiful day out today. Just the juxtaposition to be able to see through a screen literally is, is just, uh, you know, it, it's 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 very vivid, the, the experience, both, both from just uh, an observational standpoint and, and obviously also emotional. So that's yeah. sort of that that's that's personal, you know. My 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 uh, my family and I have been trying to organize, you know, like a GoFundMe page just to get people involved. I know Paul and I are part of the of the church here <coughs> nearby. I know they've come up with collections, collected I think close to like ten thousand dollars. So, but I really, as <laughs> I don't want to say on the behalf of the of the Ukrainian people, but in a way, as being part of that community, I very much appreciate how most of the world and especially here in the states how people have come out of support of ukraine so it's a personal heartfelt thank you to to everybody who uh, who's done that whether contributed somehow or just kept the you know kept the the conflict in their thoughts and prayers so a big thank you to everybody uh, out there so that's i mean that's from a personal standpoint obviously super worried about my cousins who i kind of grew up with you know their mm -hmm. kids who i know since they're babies now they're 25 year old you know they all have boys, so they're like there's like three 25 year old men that are mm -hmm. now fighting as part of the uh, of the defense forces. So just like that juxtaposition, when I remember, I was like holding them. Now they're fighting to protect. It's just that 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 in itself is is uh you know is a whirlwind of emotion just right there. Yeah. So I I guess what I want to ask you is you know as as you're speaking about it right now, you you 
you do seem rather kind of calm and composed and I don't know. I'm thinking if, if, if there's anything that would bring up a ton of emotions, even, you know, even in, in a lot of people that I'm speaking with that aren't, that, that aren't as close to this as you are, right? Like so much emotion is involved in all of this. Um, and, and you're able to kind of speak about it, um, you know, calm, controlled, all of that sort of stuff. How, how are you, uh, <laughs> like, how, like, like, how do you conceptualize this? How do you, how do you manage these emotions? All that stuff. Listen, I mean, as you and I talk about, you know, I, um, uh... I practice what I preach, whether it's something you and I talk about here or what I do in therapy. You know, I became a clinician for a reason. You know, I have a good amount of um, coping strategies at my disposal. Be just being aware of how I feel, uh, internally managing it, having the support system in place, uh, be it other people, be it my wife, be it uh, my family members, be it the ability for me to communicate with them on a daily basis, uh, the individuals that are there in Ukraine, right? Being it. So from an emotional standpoint, I do, I have put into place certain things that, that help me kind of at least manage so that I can go along with my day, you know, and, and, and continue be a clinician and a support for others. So from that point of view, I thankfully have the resources that, that I need to kind of stay regulated, if you will. Uh, from a point of view as an observer and as a clinician, you know, I have many different thoughts. Um, you know, as you and I even touched upon this before, before this uh, podcast, I, I see it in three different layers, if you will. On the most fundamental, you know, killing people, or just civilians, or even military personnel, from just just in general, have have a an all-out invasion and war in the middle of Europe, in the in the in 2022, you know, it's just it's it's just insane, right? Like the the amount of pain, the, the to me the unnecessary suffering from so many people involved. Uh, is just ridiculous. I mean, there's many reports, and the American media has has pointed this out. I mean, I know this from sort of, not, I don't say personal experience, but from individuals that I know. Like the morale of the of the of the Russian forces is very low. They're like, a, you know, they're killing their own people. You know, uh, there's statistics out there that up to thirty percent of Russians have like family in Ukraine, right? Like, so the whole idea, the morale of the war and the invasion is very low. You know, so when you hear reports of like Russian soldiers. Uh, <clears throat> just giving up. It's not so much they don't have the, the 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 military power. It's just they don't have the emotional power to continue doing something that it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, just to, so for somebody uh, up there in the Kremlin to to kind of I don't know, for whatever his own reasons are right. Like so, there's there's a lot of of there. So just on the most fundamental way, people are killing other people and oftentimes civilians. So that's just. I mean, that's just uh, talk about a war crime. That's just like un, un, untenable, unsustainable, just like any sort of intense emotional experience that you could possibly have about, you know, like hitting a, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, a nursery and hitting like a, um, a hospital, you know, with pregnant women. Like, it's just, it's untenable. Like, I don't even know. It, it's so disgusting. I don't even know how to put it into words. Yep. And I think I think that's what most people are seeing and 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 taking in from the news because because it's 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 horrible. It's just that it's it's uh, it's hard to wrap your head around how vicious people can be, you know. And I think with all this uh, military prowess that 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 uh, these quote unquote superpowers have, like I, I think it's easier to press the button and kill somebody 
a thousand miles away or a hundred miles away or 50 miles. Away. You never have to see them. That's why like bullying is up, you know, on internet, because like mm -hmm. you don't have to see the, the other person in the response and how much emotional damage you're doing by calling them names. This is the same thing. You press of a button here, somebody you don't even know, never been to all of a sudden dies, right? Like, so it's just that that viciousness, unfortunately, I think gets increased when with all this technology. So from that most fundamental level, I mean, it's just, it's gruesome. Sometimes it's even for me personally, hard to even look at the pictures that sometimes float in the news or the, or the, uh, social media. So from that point of view, that that's sort of, that that's kind of where I am, you know, and that's kind of where I mostly seek kind of support and talking through it with people, people that I, that, that care for me and I care for them just to kind of, you know, being able to process this difficult situation, knowing that there's very little we can do. And we do as much as we can in terms of contribution, financial and otherwise. Uh, so that's the, on the, on a, on a, on a different level, if you're thinking about it of like uh, psychological or ego, you know, uh, then that the picture kind of shifts a little bit because then you really have to kind of take into consideration the past 30 years, you know, uh, after the fall of the Soviet Union, as most people know, you know, Russia became, you know, very relatively, you went from a status of superpower to being, you know, honestly, one of the weakest countries out there. Um, one of the promises, quote unquote, was made is that the, the West wouldn't take a enormous, I should say, advantage of that situation, right? Like by kind of keeping the NATO and the EU alliance kind of closer to West Europe, you know, through time, you know, that really didn't happen for many different reasons, right? Like, so it expanded eastward and the Russian Federation, as it got more money and, and modernized their military and, and got a, you know, crazy person in power, right? Like all of a sudden there's a, an enormous amount of slight uh, and feeling humiliated uh that came out after that not unlike i mean that's just my personal opinion i'm not sure if i i actually haven't seen this in the news so i pardon if i'm taking credit for someone else's thinking but i personally haven't seen it but my personal opinion is kind of it mirrors what happened in germany after world war one after world war one uh germany was embarrassed right it lost a lot of things people the other countries came in and took whatever they wanted right like and then hitler came about and said like oh my god we were humiliated we have to be the the great germany again and kind of yada 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 and world war ii kind of start kind of i mean i hope people can see the same parallel right soviet union was embarrassed they lost pretty significantly right and then they got another guy coming in so like flexing his his muscles because they got more money now because of the natural resources that they have right it's like I don't see how people don't see the enormous parallel here. And I, I hope people do, but I just haven't seen that in the media. I just think that that's a interesting parallel there. So from that point of view, you could see that the Russian Federation has been pushed to a point where like it's untenable for them. They have no sphere of influence and that really pissed them off, pardon my French here. And they just moved in to have control over an area, which for some his historians out there m may know that the Rus Russian empire started in Kiev. It used to be like a trading post. The Vikings would, when they would want to go down south, would, would create a trading post. And it was started by brother Key. That's why the, the town is called Kiev, because it started by brothers, right? And and that it, in itself was the, the genesis or the origin of the kind of the Russian empire that, that kind of waxed and waned over the next several centuries. So for the Rus for the Russians, Kiev and that part of the country or that part of the world is central to who they are. So when so when Putin talks about we're the same people, you know, we're not also not to forget that Ukraine was a founding member of the Soviet Union. So you could tell like there's so much 
that's intertwined. And that border between Russia and Ukraine is really, really for a lot, a lot of intensive purposes, it's just, you know, it depends how you look at it, but some can say arbitrary. Mm. You know, it's kind yeah. of like not, not to get into a completely other conversation, but like, you know, Israel and Palestine, like who was there first, who, when, how, who left, who came back? Like, there's just, there's just, there's just a lot there. You know, somebody can say, well, originally I was here and there, which again, I don't disagree. Uh, you know, there was a genesis of it at some point, but like over the centuries, to me, that kind of watered down. So it's, it's, it's a lot harder to make a very clear point. Uh, having said that, so you could tell now all of a sudden the 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 view on the situation could be a little bit more nuanced, you know, mm -hmm. because now yeah. the West is trying to take out of the bosom of the Russian Empire that the origin of where it started. Yeah. It's like coming to the United States. Somebody wants to take New England and Boston, you know, like United States without Boston. Like that's I mean, I don't know if you've been to Boston, but like they pride themselves in history. You know, and all of a sudden, like the Canadians come and say, nah, 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 I feel like it's mine now. You know, it's just it'd be problematic. So from that point of view, it become on, on some on the sort of like um, on that level, if you will, it becomes a little bit more murky, a little bit more complicated in terms of who's right, who's wrong, depends on how you see it. And that's where I think, uh, you know, a lot of people that unite against the war, I think, are looking at it at a fundamental level, like killing civilians is not OK. I think the Russian Federation is looking at it at the second level. Well, you pushed us to this. Like, we didn't want to do it. But hey, listen, this is all that transpired. You never listened. So now, you know, we're going to take care of our own, right? Like, so th they're kind of looking at it from that point of view, which is, I think, as I said, a little bit more murky. And you could even tell some people talk on two different levels. The Russian Federation talks about that level. And like, sometimes the West talks about it's not okay to kill civilians, right? Which is, yeah, it's agreed, right? Like, so when they're missing the levels, I think that's where a lot of disagreement comes Ultimately, of course, I'd like to see it from like, I don't say ultimately, it sounds, <laughs> sounds condescending, but I'd like to see from a point of view of kind of uh, uh, Maslow's hierarchy of like one of the things he talks about is belonging, right? And, and I think that given the circumstance in this situation, the Ukrainian people over now close to 30 years have chosen a more democratic way of being, not to say it's a perfect one. They have a lot of issues that are going on there, but that's what they're trying to do. And their path is to belong. That's what they want. They want to belong to a more democratic, more capitalistic society, which is, as you know, more central and Western Europe. And that's what they're trying to explain. And if you listen to President Zelensky, that, then you would see, like, that's what he's saying. They have a shared Russian Federation and Ukrainian people have had a shared past, but they have a different future. And that's, to me, is, is really the level that we want to be seeing this from. It's like there, there's a sovereign nation that's been in existence since 1992. However, it got there. That's the that was the latest agreement. This space in Central Europe, which is by the way one of the largest European countries out there, wants to join a particular bloc because they believe in the values that that bloc, let's call it EU or NATO, whatever you want to call it, um, they 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 see life through the same lens of democracy, capitalism, uh, and have similar values. Right. So you could tell there's like these three different levels and depending on which level you ascend or descend, that then you can have your own emotional response. Mm -hmm. First, killing people. Of course, people get angry. Second one. Well, but we also were slighted here. At some some people might say, you know, so they have their own reasons. So it becomes a little bit more, uh, as I said, murky in terms of who's right, who's wrong. Mm -hmm. 
And ultimately, if you seek freedom, and that's kind of what you stand for, I think it, again, becomes a little bit clearer because every state, how small or how big, has their own uh, liberty to make a decision of what they want, right? Like, which again, goes opposite to what the Russian Federation. So it's a roundabout way of saying that's how I see it. And that's when, when you look at levels of, I should say, when you hear people speak, if you think of those three levels, you could put it in, in like these buckets and then you'll see why people never come to an agreement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I, you explaining all of that definitely cleared a lot of stuff up for me. I didn't know, I don't right. know like half, half of that stuff. <laughs> they don't tell you all that on the news. Um, and, and so so definitely three three different aspects or, or three different levels to, to look at this from. Um, and you, you, you're, I, I, I kind of see what you're doing here. You're, you're, you're kind of putting like, like a Maslow's hierarchy of needs kind of like laid over this. Right. Um, so I, I guess, would you be able to speak a little bit more about kind of like the connections on, on these three tiers, right. Kind of like, like looking at that needs. Well, I mean, again, it's, it's not a, to your point, it's not like a perfect overlay, but I'm thinking (laughs) first level safety, safety is, you know, there's a terrible, uh, incident happened that a little boy, uh, died of dehydration, right? Like Mm. if you think about it, right, like it's just like, so basic need of food, water and literal safety, forget about housing. Just safety not to die, right? Like that's the most basic one. You can't really go very far unless that's satisfied. So that's what a lot, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of people are looking the, through that lens, which makes a lot of sense. You can't do anything else mm-hmm. unless you're safe physically, right? Eating, drinking, sleeping, and not dying, right? And having a domicile. Right? So that's sort of the, the 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 first layer, I think. The second one is, and again, it's not a perfect overlay, but it's really more psychological strength and psychological might. Which I think, to an extreme level, you get like a like a Hitler, like a Putin, like like very narcissistic, all into themselves, right? So you're having fight of, uh, you know, kind of like personality strength or cognitive strength or emotional power, and then their military, if you will, is just an extension of that. It's just the battle of egos, right? Mm-hmm. Who's right? Who's better? Right? So there's just that that sort of stability about more from a psychological makeup. And then, uh, so that's kind of the conversation about borders and conversation NATO, Russian Federation, who's right, who's wrong. And yep. then on the other one, I, I think it's the, the third one in the, in the, in the uh, hierarchy is the one that's about love and belonging, yep. which, which I think speaks exactly to what I was saying before. It's a, it's a question of choice of belonging. There's a sovereign state that wants to belong mm-hmm. to another part of a block that shares its values. Yep. So ultimately, I would like to look at it from that point of view, because that's what they're fighting for. That's what they want. And another much bigger, 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 much bigger brother, uh, if you will, is saying no way. Right. And so it doesn't want to let go. Yeah. Um, so and, and that's difficult. So whenever I'm thinking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and thinking about it from like a like a client or personal perspective, you know, you know, you have to meet the 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 bottom needs first, and then you can kind of move right. your way up, move your way up the triangle. So, I mean, if, if I'm if I'm laying these two over, and we're looking at it this way, um, would you say it would be reasonable to say that those bottom tier safety needs of like like the the violence and, and all that sort of sort of stuff has to stop in order to kind of move up these layers and 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 work in that middle tier and that upper tier. Absolutely, 100%. And that's why the conversation is the the latest conversation, at least from Ukraine, is that uh, uh, 
everybody knows that Putin lost. Not because he lost from a point of view like he can't push through and conquer, quote unquote, Ukraine, but just for the virtue of the fact that it's it's not a piece of cake, right? And in that virtue that it took him more than three hours or three days to overcome, and then they really haven't made any um, any inland or inroads into the country, by definition, kind of he already lost. Because you're talking about a superpower versus a super small, tiny you know, military budget, right? and they couldn't win. Right? Like, so from that point of view, they already lost. So the conversation is about that the, the, the actual fighting hopefully will start winding down. You know, Some people predict like early May, hopefully even mm-hmm. earlier. But so yes, you're right. I think that's the first step ceasefire and these like ill attempts, if you will, or, or non attempts of them talking really didn't lead anywhere. But I think as time goes on, I think it will become more imperative. Mm-hmm. So that's part one. Part two. Yeah. I think given that, I mean, maybe you've heard of this, uh, that Putin as I think is be, is, is in the process of being brought up on war crimes, right? Like, so I, I think it's gonna, he's gonna topple whether it's an inside job that the, the oligarchs who support him are going to say, ah, I, I, don't, I don't think I want to support this guy anymore. And he just topples because <clears throat> there's not going to be enough people to support him, right? So that's like that psychological kind of battle mm-hmm. that he's going to lose, right? And then once that person is no longer in charge, hopefully, hopefully, that will provide the, the atmosphere or the environment to have a different conversation, who wants to be part of whom and will allow sovereign states to make their own decisions about a sense of belonging, right? Like there's a, a long, long time ago, you know, there was actually a conversation whether after the break of Soviet Union, whether Russia could be part of the NATO bloc, which now seems like insanity, right? Like, But before, you know, people were thinking like, oh, they're going to be democratic now. Are they going to do all these things? Maybe we should, we should bring him uh, under the same umbrella, right? Like, so they were also kind of toying with this idea. Obviously it didn't go that way, but hopefully safety first, the, mm-hmm. the guy is no longer in power, so there's psychological balance in the world. Mm-hmm. And then we could talk about like who is choosing what and who's going to be belong to who. And that's why I think uh, when uh, Ukraine just send in their application for EU membership, there's two different ways, fast track and regular, right? Like which regular takes two, three years, right? Like they were denied for fast track. Right, like, and they're going to be looked at for the next two to three years, right? Like, because nobody wants to rush to make a decisions of belonging when they're still fighting, when there's crazy person in Kremlin, right? Like, once that's all satisfied and settled, then we could talk about the next step, which I think maybe people are doing it intentionally, but I'm seeing it through this lens, and it seems like it's actually beginning at least to play out in the same manner. Huh. Well. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't really have anything else. To, I don't have anything to say to that other than, huh, and, right. that, and that makes a lot of sense when you put it out there that way. Yeah. Um, we'll and see I think how that, it goes. <laughs> and and you know, I I I guess I'm just appreciative of this kind of like like bigger picture that I, I didn't even cross my mind, didn't even think to think about about these things in this way. I just I don't know. I, I, I've personally had a, had a lot of confusion, a lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of a lot of feelings about it. You see these images on the news, and 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 that's really where my entire head's been at. But you know, kind of looking at the, you know these frontiers, I think is super helpful. And so and so, I think that that's an amazing thing that people can kind of take away from this. Um, and then I, I guess I just want to pick your brain on, on sure. one more thing. Sure. You know. I'm getting a lot of people coming in talking about it, right? And mm-hmm. and, and we're working through, and you know, we're, we're, you know, processing and all that sort of stuff. Um, any any quick and dirty tips 
for 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 the average guy or mm. gal who's um, you know witnessing these things, thinking about these things, and and struggling with it. I I think um, sort of in a very I would say CBT uh, worry cure kind of a way. Um, I, I would say try to separate the two things out. Is there productive worry? Things you can do, and you can. You can donate if you want. You can keep the Ukrainian people in your thoughts and prayers. You can go to your um, sort of religious affiliation for support. Right? You could talk about it with your friends. You could talk about it with your therapist. Right? You could press. You you could process some of those feelings. Right? On the other hand, like people who worry about World War Three and what that would lead. Right? Like we would kind of classify more as unproductive worry. Right? Like that's where you kind of lean into uncertainty. Right? In a very kind of CBT worry kind of a way. You kind of find ways that you could do something about so you feel empowered and on the other hand yeah it, it is a difficult situation so that's not like run away from it nobody knows how this will end and it is scary and we don't know right like so leaning into that uncertainty is one of the so separating the two because what i find often not only about this issue but just clinically in general people just consistently worry about things that they can do and then they do things about things that they can't do anything about you know, and they kind of crisscross them, right? Like, I'm going to solve the world so there's no World War III. You have no impact whether World War III happens, right? However, you could go and go fund me or Facebook page and donate a couple of dollars just so people are doing better in a different country. Right? So just like making sure that, that you're actually kind of keeping in your own lane, productive versus unproductive, I honestly think it's one of the best things you could do. Yeah, yeah. And it, it you know, it, it sounds really simple, but it's but it's hugely powerful. Looking at what's in our control and what's out of our control, you know, we I, I say this all the time. We do so many things for things that are out of our control, and it just it's just it's just wasted time, energy, stress, feelings, you name it. Um, so that's just my way of echoing that point. And Kanzi, you did a lot of talking today, yeah. and I, I I did a lot of listening, but 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 this was really this was really really great, and I really appreciate you kind of you know putting all this out there, putting your thoughts out there, your personal experience, all of that sort of stuff. I think it's, I, I think it's great. Yeah. Listen, I hope it can resonate with some people, maybe educate some people maybe, or echo what they've been thinking, but that really couldn't put it in, in, in a similar way. And hopefully the way I've done it helps some people or at least, you know, kind of creates maybe sometimes when we're too self-assured, maybe for some, for some listeners created a little bit more ambiguity, just because oftentimes life, especially if you're looking at from different levels, it's, it's not as clear cut. Mm -hmm. And I, I think we could still be very empathetic and still also kind of think about things that we can do versus things that we can't do. And I think that's an important element to take away. Please continue to be empathetic and please help as you can. And also please embrace uncertainty as much as you can. And if you can do those three things, I think you'll be in great shape. <laughs> well said. <laughs> well, I want to say thank you again. And I want to say thank you again to all the listeners. Um, obviously, big hot topic with this one. So as always, uh, any questions, thoughts, things you like to see, things you like to hear, reach out to us on our socials, email, um, and we will we'll chat with you next time. Yeah, awesome. Take it easy, guys. Thank you for tuning in this week. As always, we hope that you enjoyed the show and please make sure to subscribe. We love to interact with our listeners. If you have something you'd like to comment on, ask us about, or hope to hear on the show, please message us on Facebook or Twitter at last session of the day with the site guys, or send us an email at lastsessionotd at lukeandcenter.com. Hope to hear from you soon and tune in next week for another engaging episode.
This has been the last session of the day with the Psych Guys. See you next time.